0: Welcome back to another episode of Cake and Kombucha. I'm your host Kalechi Azier, and on Cake and Kombucha, we convene for however long I feel like Mercury is in retrograde. So. Maybe I'll give you a three-minute podcast. Just kidding. That's not going to happen. Um, we talk about current events. We talk about what's going on in the world on the blogs, the news, the covert news, the secret news, the black Twitter, the reality TV, all of the things. Today, I'm very happy to wish you a happy Halloween. <laughs> Halloween is my favorite time of year. Why? Because I'm morbid and creepy. I love scary things. I love dressing up. I love the spectacle. I love the pizzazz. I love the flash of the lights. Please, ma'am, your costume's so amazing. May I get your autograph when I go to the Halloween parade like a dork? Because that happens. Um... Yeah, I'm super into it. I don't know what to tell you. I have no shame. No shame about that. So for all of you ghoulish girls and guys out there celebrating, be careful. Don't overdo it on the sugar. You don't want to get a headache. And, you know, what's your favorite thing to give out? I feel like if kids came to my house for trick-or-treating, I'd probably give them, like, quiches or something. Because you want them to have sustenance. Some protein. Some protein to keep them going on the road and to sustain them through whatever mischief they get into. But yeah, I'm just super excited because it is the season and it's still warm outside. So you can wear your hoish costumes in peace. Uh, this weekend, I went to this party called Must Love Beards. This is this group where they throw these events where the girls pay and the guys don't. And the men are obviously, as implied by the title, supposed to have beards. I thought that, you know, this setup would be a surefire way to meet semi-attractive men, but I was incorrect. Uh, Yeah, it wasn't the turnout I was expected. And, like, men did not have to pay for this party, and men have to pay for everything, which begs the question, if you won't go to a free fucking party, like, dang... I don't know. It's just, I've read some studies somewhere that men like don't like to do activities. And like, whenever someone's like, Oh, we should get out more. I want to get back on the dating scene. Let's go out. Let's go to the art gallery. Let's go to the bookstore. It's all, um, it's all women there. Um, I don't a hundred percent know if it's true. I used to be in this networking group. I should go back to that. I did used to be in this group that would have these little fun events. It seemed like a good mixed crowd. Um, I mean mixed uh, racially, ethnically. No, mixed gender-wise, not racially. The racial mix was... Oh, that's why I stopped going. I remember now. (laughs) The racial mix left something to be desired. But anyway, the fun part about this party was just the magic of black girls and... All types of superheroes and creative things, and which is booty out, just leotards, g-strings, butt cheeks, clapping, unitards, bodysuits. I was so proud and excited of all of us to just be out there, be free. I saw black Jessica Rabbits that were just like a million times more bodacious than Jessica Rabbits could have ever been. She could never. I saw a Mary J. Blige complete resplendent with bowl cut blonde wig and thigh high boots dancing and jerking around herky jerky on the dance floor it was just like I was like this is like an art installation you your costume has like motion your costume has choreography it's incredible so I had a really great time just enjoying the splendor and the freedom of us all being out, being a million different sizes and hair textures and colors and like loving our bodies and loving ourselves and just letting it all hang out. Um, I actually do think the whole topsy-turvy, express to dress, excuse to dress slutty thing on Halloween is not insignificant. I mean, what does it mean that there's one time of year where you're allowed to sexually express yourself more freely. You know, if you really think about it, why can't we do that all types times of the year? Like, why only this one day? And what does that have to do with dead people? And ghosts and witches. Well, witches have a lot to do with sexuality, actually. um, Fear of female sexuality. But I think it's an interesting thing. I think that, you know, if you feel the need to put on a leotard and show your booty once a year. It means that something inside of you is not letting, you know, is restricting yourself from letting those cheeks get some air. So it's just like, do we need to look at the ways that we feel restricted and the ways that we could feel more free as women? And what is it that we enjoy about just like letting it all hang out? And what does it mean? I think there's something to be learned from that. And hopefully there's something that we can carry into other days of the year for me I carry my love of like costume and getting dressed up and just being extra into every day um not that I'm extra every day but you know to whatever that means to me I like doing it you know I was sick this week and um shady co-workers were like oh my god you don't look sick and I was like oh my god do you want my temperature but yeah whenever I'm feeling ill I definitely, that's when I put on more makeup because, I mean, I don't, first of all, what are you supposed to look like if you're sick? Like, I had bronchitis. Should I just, do I, should I look like the green vomiting emoji? Like, I don't, it's not a cartoon. You don't literally have, like, two black circles over your eyes because you don't feel well. But anyway, I, I, um, I'm just going in on the things that we say just casually because, like, what does that mean? But anyway, Um, Yeah, I put more makeup on. I like to spruce myself up and just, you know, take it's not necessarily pride. It's just fun. I just think it's fun. Yeah, pretty much. Like if I was had more talent, I'd probably be one of those crazy uh, makeup artists. Like there's a Instagram handle. You should look at the wigs manager, the wigs and costumes manager. This woman is one of the most she can do crazy. She can do like. Michelangelo paintings on her face with eyeshadow and then the way that she puts together 3d headpieces and bejewels herself is in it's absolutely nuts so yeah i just i like it it's fun all right that's it i just needed to do a halloween psa because it's halloween and maybe if you're lucky you can hear a scary story only if you're lucky All right, so I have a few follow-ups to things that we discussed last week. I know my follow-ups usually just include impeachment and the shit show that's our government, because that's every day, right? That never ends. But some interesting developments happen with the Meghan Markle thing. So 72 female MPs, which means members of parliament, it's not prime minister backwards like i might have thought have written to the Duchess of sussex to express their solidarity with her in the face of the outdated colonial undertones which appear against her and her family in the press i think it's interesting that they called it colonial for many reasons many of them obvious um the parliamentarians this is an article from cnn From across the political spectrum said they supported her in taking a stand, this is a quote, taking a stand against the often distasteful and misleading nature of the stories printed in a number of your national newspapers concerning you, your character, and your family. Stories and headlines had sometimes sought to cast aspersions about your character without any good reason, as far as we can see. Even more concerning still, we are calling out what can only be described as outdated colonial undertones to some of these stories, This should not be allowed to go unchallenged. Um, Yeah, so I think that's nice because it shows that people are actually seeing this for what it is, which is an absolute, like, harassment, racial harassment. Um, They are, they spoke about her right to privacy. uh, Stop seeking now to tear a woman down for no apparent reason. The reason is very apparent. Um, Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. Also, I thought it was funny that Hillary Clinton, she's been out here and just doing all kinds of interviews. You know, it's never it's never not time to know what Hillary Clinton is thinking. But she are you really going to make me subscribe to the digital to show you the whole thing? Okay, well, whatever. That's not happening. So she apparently said that the treatment of Meghan was inexplicable. And if her she said Her mixed race heritage is certainly part of it. But if the explanation is that she's biracial, then shame on everybody. I thought it was really interesting to hear Hillary Clinton say biracial. I don't know why. I just I I don't hear people describe Meghan as biracial that much. It's almost like they say half black um, so that you get to say the word black out loud so that like I don't know. I feel like the British press makes her like, thinks she's black. I'm not really being clear. Okay, for my part, I think it's very interesting. She's, it's really interesting. Black people, we take away and give away the word black a lot, like, depending on how people look. So, obviously, you know, no one would say Obama's not black, but with Meghan Markle, people are like, eh, hey, she she's white. I didn't know. But yeah, I just feel like there was this whole like, your mother's dark skin, you're from Compton thing that she like the british press makes her a lot blacker and so i just thought it was an interesting contrast that hillary is putting her in a different category like obviously she's biracial but i still i don't know that i heard that word used that much for her and um even still like i know a lot of people that say biracial as a secondary like ethnicity like those like i'm black but i'm biracial you know I'm black, and this is how I'm black. I'm black because I'm black on my mom's side or I'm black on my dad's side. But I thought that was interesting. Hillary just sounding off. so let's talk about another Megan. That's the opposite of Megan Marco, loud, brash, and wrong all of the time. Megan McCain is still on her crusade to become queened the most annoying person in America. So yesterday she was ranting about something and Whoopi gober said so we're not going to get anywhere like this we're talking all over each other we need to calm down um we're doing that that thing and she was like megan's like what 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 thing you know that thing where we're all you know she's talking over her she's talking over her of course we are the view and the audience kind of laughs and goes (laughs) because they're like oh my god is Whoopi gonna punch her in the mouth Megan still tr- keeps trying to talk back, t- trying to talk back. We'll be just look straight at the cameras like, and we're going to break. She cut the show because the bitch was acting so much. So that was viral. That was tweet. That was like everyone was tweeting that. And then today she comes for Cory Booker, who's like, you know, the nice brown egg, smiling brown egg, you know, Newark, New Jersey Buddha. Like, why would you yell at him? So she's enraged because of the buyback plan for assault rifles that Beto O'Rourke and Cory Booker are proponents of, and she kept asking him... So how's this plan going to work? And he was like, well, this is how it's going to work. And then he, she talks over him. No, it's not going to work. Because let me tell you what, it's crazy. Tell me how you're going to buy my gun back. Tell me how you're going to go to my brother's house and take his rifle away. Tell me how you're going to go to my brother's house and take his rifle away. And, you know, Beto's or sorry, Cory Booker is starting to speak, attempting to speak while she's ranting over him and says, you know, this is how my plan differentiates from Beto and blah, blah, blah. And, and Megan goes, this good because he's crazy. And then Corey says, look, little girl, he's like, we need to be very careful the way we talk about people. It is not acceptable to tear people down because we have different beliefs. Well, he wasn't very nice to me when he did when he did that. She literally just that's what she did. And Corey was like, "Uh, "Now, Megan, I know that, you know, that just because someone does something to you that's wrong doesn't mean it's right for you to do it to them. Oh, I'm not running for president. Eh, t- tell me how how you are gonna buy the gun back how you gonna buy the gun back how you gonna buy the gu- how you gonna take the gun back how you gonna take my brother's assault rifle away how you gonna take my brother's assault rifle away how you gonna take my brother's assault rifle away that was a vocal warm up so Corey had the patience of a saint so is Whoopi every day but Corey had the patience of a saint while talking to her but here's what I'll say instead of trying to rise to the occasion and uh you know, to explain a sensible plan for someone who believes some people should have assault rifles for how to take them away. Because what plan would that be? They, then they agree with. We need to opt out of answering this crazy ass question, and we instead need to, you know, tap the phones or whatever. Use whatever we have left of the Patriot Act. We're all being spied on anyway, so we need we need Alexa and Siri to tell us what crazy ass fools are over here. Talking about how they're not going to give their assault rifles back. Come and take them away from me. I dare you. Megan McCain said, "You go to my house, take my brother's gun away. I get, see what happens. Try to t- try to take it away. I guarantee he's not going to give it to you." Really? Are these the same white people that you know when something happens from the police are like, "Oh, I don't know. Did you did you jump d- jump down, skip around, jump g- Jim Crow first? Did you touch your toes and do some barrel turns and pata beray when when the, when the officer told you to get out the car like?" But you're going to talk about how you're openly going to just flout this law. Moreover, you're going to talk about you're going to intimate or suggest some sort of violent resistance. When 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 such a law were to go into effect, come try to take my gun away, I dare you. I don't take that lightly. I really feel like there we should listen to what's being said. They're threatening us with some kind of like fucking Watchmen race war type shit and it's creepy and strange so cory and even um sunny hoston tried to interject because Corey gave a long you know he got he said you know there's no more machine guns on the street there used to be machine guns we got them off the street in the 80s damn i and i really hadn't considered that but i guess like machine gun kelly sounds terrifying um for some reason like when i think i thought about the 80s and then I just got this image of like G.I. Joe, Killer Tomatoes and like Ninja Turtles with um, ammo strapped across their chest. <laughs> I know those are cartoons of the era and not. Those are my touchstones. Anyway, he went into this spiel about how we did that. We can do it again. And it's uh, to not his credit, just too much based on how people are good and they're going to do shit. And then he started talking about how important it is to his community, how he's staunched the blood of a kid who's bleeding to death and watched someone's head explode. And, you know, Corey to like, I got to say, she don't give a fuck about your community. If she did, she would want the assault rifles gone. So she's not wrong when she's like, and, and and," I mean, yeah, that is what you're going to be up against. She's like, I know it sounds good in here, but it's a different thing in Arizona. It's like, first of all, The point of life is not to placate assholes. So I don't think she... Well, I know for a fact she doesn't understand that just because there are other people that agree with her doesn't mean that we should cater to her. She should be catered to. There are also other people whose makeup on their face doesn't match their neck like hers. That doesn't mean that that's something that we should aspire to either. So I don't really get the whole persecuted, aggrieved, and victimized... uh, situation that she always puts herself in but anyway Corey, you know went about that and she just kind of ran over and said my brother's not gonna give you a gun i wish Corey would have just said well that's illegal so fuck your brother he's going to jail um maybe i'll tweet her that fuck your brother megan mccain he's going to jail i don't get it i don't get it because conservatives are the first people to tell us that we have to comply with laws and other situations so I think the whole thing is nonsense. I really do. And I have to say, like, I I can't wait till this paranoia of cancel culture is over and we talk about the real victim culture. The real victim culture is not activism. It's not people writing think pieces and essays. It's not, you know, demanding apologies. And it's people not being able to take that and people thinking that if they're not... the most popular person in the room, if their opinion isn't the most popular at that moment, they're being bullied. They're being attacked. Megan, you're on a national platform. You make millions and millions of dollars and you've literally done nothing to deserve it except be the daughter of someone who's famous, a decorated general. So I don't understand why you feel like you are owed anything. And I don't understand why you certainly why you feel so victimized so that's just something i've just been thinking about that throwing that in i saw the Jacqueline hill the makeup artist she was canceled for um for uh for halloween so she basically was like just a, a ghoul or like some sort of decomposing type looking person and wrote canceled on herself um, I don't know that you win the Halloween award when you have to write the word, because the goal is to if you want to like be something that's emblematic of something, the goal is for that to be communicated with like whatever you are. And so in real life, a concept wouldn't have a word floating in front of it. I don't know. Anyway, I just think that's so weird because as in the makeup artist drama, like no one's been canceled. People lost... You could lose a million subscribers. You still have millions more. You still have money. You still have some endorsements. You still have a platform. And you're just never going to be fully canceled. There's always going to be enough racist people in the world to support or misogynist to support the next canceled person. So it's all very strange. I just want someone to give Megan the good cussing out she deserves. We have to find a guest who has absolutely no fucks given. Maybe an Omarosa. I know... Amorosa is like a pit bull that you starve, that you keep in the back. Like you gotta just, you can't trust her. She'll she'll eat you too. But you you know if you if you're in the right place at the right time, you could sick her on somebody else. I feel like we just need to send her on one mission just to absolutely destruct, to absolutely <laughs> eviscerate Megan. I need her to no one she doesn't respect anyone enough to stop talking like at any moment in time. So it's hard to know if like anyone can actually hurt her feelings. Like it's almost like her feelings are just hurt by tweets and, and people who she's not talking with, but something needs, she has to be stopped. She's got to be stopped. Okay. A word. I've been thinking about whether to delve into the Cynthia Erivo as Harriet Tubman issue because I usually don't talk about things that involve people I know by degrees of separation, which this does because I know friends of hers, blah, 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 like actors, we all know each other. Um, I know some of the people that like help make the movie, blah, blah, blah. But I think I can say it pretty concisely. So... First, to address the broad arguments that people... Okay, well, let me start from the beginning. There's controversy over the casting of British actress Tony winner for The Color Purple, Cynthia Erivo, in the role of Harriet Tubman in this new Harriet Tubman biopic. The controversy is two-part, multifold. First, she said disparaging things about African Americans online. Secondly, which I'll delve into that, secondly... She is British Nigerian and people are irritated by this at this point. So, yeah. OK, so to first say we can just put out right now the idea that no one of one ethnicity should ever play any one of another ethnicity. That's not true. I don't agree with it. I think it's a case by case basis and a when-it-makes-sense basis. And uh, sometimes we should think about things harder when there is a pattern basis. So I kind of resent the idea that, you know, oh, actors play anything. I mean, th- there's protests about shit all the time. Like, you people, you know, there's protests now about trans people being uh, played by non-trans people because there's they're underrepresented. We, you know, Asian people, no one in Crazy Rich Asians... What like everyone was Chinese, I think some people were mixed. but I don't think anyone was like Korean and Japanese because that would annoy Chinese people to who, you know, who can you can tell by looking at people. And so I just think there are some things that make sense clearly and some things that don't if they're ethnically specific, what have you. And even if they're not, uh, people can always complain about whatever they want to complain about. Like, so boom, 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 boom. OK, so let's see. There's, there's the whole larger trend of these castings, but there's also the disingenuous, wait, I don't know why you're mad at me thing. So for everyone who doesn't know, like people are mad at Cynthia Erivo, not just because she's not American, but because she had tweets that were disparaging Black people, Black Americans, who now there's a term that people are using called ADOS, African Descendants of Slaves. So if you don't know, podcast listeners, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it a couple times at least. I'm half nigerian and half my father's first generation nigerian my mother is african-american lineage far from you know from the south moved up north uh probably german slave masters or something based on my grandpa's last name i don't know where the name came from but do i consider myself on a uh, as an authority figure on uh both worlds yes I do. I consider myself uniquely situated from my life experiences to hear shit talking from both sides of the aisle. And I'll tell you what, guess which side I usually side with? The African American one usually. I usually side with the one that I have to root for the underdog. I have to root for the side that gets more respect. That is the side that I end up defending more often in my encounters because people don't really degrade and denigrate Nigerians who are like highly accomplished highly decorated have like the most degrees in the world I think it's Nigerians Chinese and Jewish people or something like that and so I just yeah I find myself in situations having to to combat disparaging remarks about African Americans but I see both sides I see both sides growing up you know, we got weird comments in school. My older sister was made fun of and, I'd, and she, you know, colorism played a huge part in that. She's darker skin than me and she received completely different teasing. People would call her African booty scratcher, call her Medusa because of her braids. No one really said shit to me. They made fun of me for reading books on the train and I'm in on the bus and wearing glasses. Um, they would ask me if I rode on tigers and shit and was a princess and I'm like, there are no tigers in Africa, dumbass. You should get held back. That's what I told them. But so, okay, so Cynthia's tweets, I guess I'll go into Cynthia's tweets now. So Cynthia, like, I don't really want to go into all of them, but blogger who's hilarious, a Ajayi, I don't know how to say her name. It's not my fault. I'm not Yoruba. Also Nigerian, hilarious, um, great writer. Her blog is just laugh out loud funny. She's, she said many elitist things about, um, towards African Americans and disparaging comments. And uh, Cynthia retweeted them, supported her. She retweeted a comment saying that African Americans are damaged. And we're just so many Africans in the US are jealous of Africans, which is like, I mean, so many African Americans in the US are jealous of Africans. So Cynthia retweeted that. She also was exchanging in some Twitter exchange with this white guy talking about how And like asterisk, now I'm gonna do my ghetto black accent, black American accent. What you want, baby? And like started typing all this weird shit. So that's very othering. Like that, and enough is enough for me to see that you don't fuck with us. You certainly don't fuck with us enough to be playing Harriet Tubman. Point blank. Period. Now, do I understand the casting? Yes, because they want an Oscar for the film. She has a Tony already. She's a great actress. I'm sure. I mean, I saw her in The Color Purple. Great actress. Um, and you know, British actors have a cachet of prestige. Why? Because of colonialism. So I really don't want to act like brand new about why British actors are more popular. A couple things about the school system there. The theater school is respected in a different way than it is here. It is true. They have some great training programs. That is true. But what also happens is the floodgates do open for many, many people. It is not it is at least once a day I'm watching a TV program, wondering why siblings on a show sound like they're from different places, wondering if someone has a speech impediment. And then I turn on IMDb and I see that they are from the UK. It happens like once a day. That's just what it is. Um, Like I have considered maybe I should put on a British accent, pretend I'm a British Nigerian. Like it's a thing. So I covered why Cynthia is getting backlash. Yes, boom, boom, boom. Okay, let's talk about the casting trend. So uh, let's first talk about these dynamics. African Americans, Africans, Caribbean people, they're not the same. Like, just because we're all black doesn't make us the same. Just the same way. All white people aren't the same. White people commit genocides against each other. White people have massacres against each other. I mean, i'm gonna bring a reality tv because you know it's life reality tv reflects life uh on 90 day fiance the way tom talked about the guy from england talked about his girlfriend's twin sister's boyfriend from albania he's like i don't want to go to albania for the for vacation we on completely different sides of the world we have nothing to do nothing i've nothing in common with him i was like word like so yes while we're here like euro trip yay People in England are talking about, I don't have anything in common with those fucking Albanians. It's the other side of the world. Bitch, it's not. It's like a two hour plane ride. That's a crazy statement. But that's, you know, so why is it that as black people, we can't have allegiances to certain countries? And I'm not saying that it's a good thing to be, you know, super country specific, especially when Africa was cut up with. Fake political, you know, fake borders that co- colonists drew on there, you know, which linked certain, you know, we would have been linked with our ethnic groups and said ethnic groups are chopped up in different countries and people are put next to each other that normally wouldn't have interacted and wars start and things like that. But black people are human. We're not less than human, we're not more than human. We are not noble savages. We don't have to be better than anybody else. We shouldn't have to be better because of all the shit that we're put through. So we can be petty and we can be from different countries and there's just no reason to think that like our different countries would all get along. We have a similar experience of being black somewhat, but we also don't. There's a huge difference between coming to this country as an immigrant or growing up here. And there's a lot of misconceptions about... You know, the immigrant story is, it's huge to be displaced from your family, to have them be in a different place, to not know if you're ever going to see them again, the the pressure people have, the way they sacrifice, not speaking a language, experiencing xenophobia. That's all huge. But still, many times when people immigrate here, it's the best and the brightest, and I'm saying best sarcastically. I'm saying it's the people that at least had more going on than the people who couldn't come so like a lot of black americans here who live in poverty are kind of at the same you know socioeconomic and opportunity level if you were to do it like proportionality as people who are left behind in those other countries and those other countries they may have lower gdps and things like that but my point is just that you there's people in america that don't can't read you know, live in projects, are destitute, have lead poisoning, have dirty water supplies, and essentially live in an environment like completely police patrolled. You know, look at Baltimore, where the, the, the age, the life expectancy for Black residents is like 35, and it's like 80 in the white parts of town. So... When a lot of immigrants come here, there is a perception when a lot of black immigrants come here, they don't realize the advantage they have from being raised in a country that even if it was colonized by white people, had black presidents, black leaders, and was majority black. You just have a different frame of reference and you are also received differently when you come here. I remember my dad saying that when he came here, he thought the N word was for Um, black, like African Americans, like he didn't think it was for him, very like dark skinned black man. And people would tell him like, Oh, you're not like other, you know, other black Americans, like you have a cool accent, British accent, whatever he was, you know, you're received with sophistication. So there's, there's just differences. There's just differences. And I think it's very obvious that black Americans are on the bottom of the totem pole in terms of not having the respect in terms of the way we are portrayed in the media, in terms of culturally having been cut off the way that we were through the middle passage, even West Indian countries that also experienced slavery, they are more apt to say like, I am Jamaican. I am Barbadian. Is that how you say it? No, sorry, Bayesian. You know, it's just a different thing. And, I'm not saying that African Americans don't have a culture, by the way, I'm not Kanye Westing this shit, we have an incredible, rich culture, like our culture came from everything that we've been through. And our culture is the foundation for America. And by America, I mean, the United States, no disrespect to the actual First Nation Native American people that were here first. So I just lay all that groundwork to say that we're different, like there's beef between us. And yeah, Africans make lots of disparaging remarks about Um, African-Americans. It's happened in my own family. There was not enthusiasm about my dad marrying my mom. I've heard members of my own family say stuff that was disparaging against African-Americans in front of me. So I just don't appreciate everyone acting brand new about this issue. And I say this for every group that's ever called into question, I see Africans online doing not all the same way men do when they're called about misogyny, the same way white women, I mean, sorry, the same way white people do when they're called out about racism. And it's like, why? You're going to shut down a conversation because we you want to unite? Like, that's literally the same thing that everyone says about racism. Don't talk about it because it's divisive, divisive. I'll never say it right. I'm just going to say divisive. That's the same thing. So, it's just really frustrating to see people acting like that. It's frustrating. You know, I saw, like, a theater elder that I love write about how he wasn't going to see the movie because of the stuff that she said. And then someone underneath writes, why Why is that? And then he writes, because of the tweets. She's like, well, people made fun of me when I, you know, African Americans made fun of me when I moved to America. And I was just like, or no, first she just said, well, african americans get to play people that are african blah blah blah. but she only had like three examples the point is just so what that's like the that's like the white people saying well when i went to an all-black school oh, they told me my hair was made of flax and wheat it doesn't matter like that's doesn't you know two wrongs don't make a right you're being teased doesn't invalidate other things And so that's just a general, very short synopsis of the beef, inter-ethnic beef between different Black people around the world who we don't even live in the same place. Think about, like, what other race isn't even together in the same country and is supposed to make decisions like including the other country. I'm trying to imagine it right now. It's a really interesting situation that way Black people are put in that I feel like is not fair to us. So with that said, let's go on to casting. All I'm saying is, if something looks like a pattern, it should be in- investigated. It is kind of interesting to me that iconic African-American figures are not these roles are not given to African-Americans. I do think it's a little bit disrespectful, only in that if it was another group, I feel like they would not do it because they would feel like there was going to be a serious backlash and they would just feel like it is important for that group to be represented and it is possibly disrespectful and we don't even want to take the risk of offending people, so we won't do it. And that's why I think it's weird for other ethnic and religious and gender uh, groups to get this kind of thoughtful treatment. But for black people to be like, oh, you're all blackity black, it doesn't matter. I think it's kind of strange. And I just think it should be investigated. I think it should be interrogated. If something happens a lot, it should be interrogated. Casting directors openly say they prefer working with British actors. You know, Carmine Ego Joe, who it might be a Jogo. I don't know. I used. I remember when I was a kid and I saw her name pop up. I knew she was an Ebo woman, and she's a she's a biracial like Nigerian and white actress from England. Stunning, great actress. She was in the Sally Hemings story, and I was just like, oh my gosh, like an Ebo girl is in this movie. Like I, there's people like that that I saw that made me know I could be an actress one day. But then when she went on to play Keretic Scott King in. Uh, the Selma movies is like, so both those leads were played by British people and they did a great job. I'm not saying they didn't do a great job. That's also not the point at all. <sighs> There's also just something to be said for the fact that I don't think it takes anything away from my talent or whatever to say that like more than one person could do my job. You know, when you get to a certain level, You go to, you know, when I go to musical auditions and it's a bunch of people, we we all, all the black women know each other right now. Everyone just sings their fucking face. We come out, we're like, girl, you tore that shit up. You tore that, you know, we don't even, we're not mad. We know it's going to be one of us because there's only one. It's not even competitive. It's just like, hey girl, like we do what we do. We all make the rounds. It's going to be one of us. We share songs. We braid each other's pussy hair I'm just kidding I thought that was funny that Bethany Frankel said that one day do you want us to just braid each other's pussy hair no but we like help each other out you need a list of girl you need this you got this so there is an understanding that it's not we know that like I, I think if you're last in this industry you you got to be real you know you're not like the only person that can do that job so when I say that uh first of all David Oyelowo is one of the best actors I've ever seen like I saw him in Othello and it was one of the best performances I've ever seen um so when I say that they were great that still doesn't mean that it had to be them I don't think anything has to be anyone and I don't think someone like yeah so if if, if nothing has to be anyone that means it could be someone else it could not you know but the could not part is also a thing too so that's That's why when I talk about the decisions that go into like, maybe we shouldn't do this. I just feel like certain consideration is not taken for on behalf of African-Americans. And that's enough. That is enough to start. That's enough of a place to start. You can start with the fact that people feel upset, that people feel some kind of way, and then ask yourself, is what they're asking for so ridiculous? How many biopics of Harry Tubman are there? Zero. How many, you know, biopics of Martin Luther King were there before? Is it really, really a huge ask to have certain figures um, played by African-Americans? Is it a huge ask? You would just think that someone would be like, yeah, maybe for those, because I don't see people protesting other things. I didn't see people protesting get out and stuff. Okay, I'm being facetious. Obviously, get out wasn't a huge thing until it was a huge thing. But it's not true that people like protest every single one. Now, the people who I can tell you are irritated about every single one are Black American actors because we talk to each other. And yeah, it's annoying. Like, people overseas are, oh, we don't have enough work overseas, so they come here and they move to the top of the line and we, and we you know, it's, how is that not going to be irritating? It's, it's irritating because it doesn't go the other direction. Like, I love London. I would love to go over there and make my way but you have but they don't they don't do that way you get to the end of something get to the end of final callbacks and I know people this has happened to and they're like oh you're not British oh no you know so just based on the fact that it's not a two-way street is enough just based on the fact that being African-American doesn't have cachet here or in acting in other markets like that that's enough for you to be pissy you know it's like if you're ethnic group and your background and your particular mix of who you are doesn't make you cool in your own country or anyone else or anywhere else it's just a sucky feeling you know so I would just ask for self-awareness on the part of some of these British actors like you do what you got to do I'm not saying I think anyone would turn any role down I do think it's like very embarrassing like I personally don't do well with um just straight up like Contradicting myself, like I get embarrassed and paranoid. So it's it's hard to imagine myself being Cynthia right now because it's just like just knowing the amount of hate that I was gonna bring on myself, having tweeted those things, and then she's also tweeted she does she's sick of playing slaves and victims and stuff. Like, I mean obviously Harriet Tubman is nobody's victim, but sick of playing slaves. It's just so it's just kind of weird. Uh, but again, like no actor is gonna turn down a chance to win an Oscar and we might end up pushing her to be like, well, fuck niggas. And, you know, wipe the my white audience loves me. This is the world that I do movies for these are the movies I'm cast in that could be her career. And she you know, she has to have a career. Everyone wants needs a career and needs to have the best one they can. So that might be what she does. I just think my main gripes if I could be concise, and I'm sorry, I know I haven't. Oh, Before I summarize, I totally let go of the Carmen E. Jogo thread. She was interviewed with Selma and someone had said like, oh, someone obviously not African-American. Like, what is it with this trend of like all these British actors playing, um, playing these iconic African-American figures? And she said that, you know, I didn't grow up with posters of Martin Luther King and stuff on my wall. So... I guess I'm just more detached from it. So to me, it's just an acting role. <sighs> I, and that's, and it's things that those are the reasons that, you know, that something is wrong. So black people were just like, um, too emotional to act properly. Like what the fuck? I, I say black. I mean, I in my head, I see it as black with a capital B, meaning African American. But yeah, that was just a crazy statement. And so that lets me know we're into that dangerous territory where a privilege is being bestowed upon people. And then they get to do that thing where you look backwards and say that you deserved it and you don't have to question it. And that anyone who comes at you as a hater or just inferior in skill, like that, when you start making up those kinds of stories then you know there's an issue because obviously we equally credit actors for being incredibly passionate and diving into things and you know having it mean so much to them and it's their baby and I I put on Judy Garland's old shoes and I slept in Oz every night to prepare for the movie and I rolled myself in the rainbow and and then I was king of the lilliputians and yeah like we do the other thing too so That is bullshit that, like, being detached from something makes you a good actor. It's And so that's just the dangerous territory we're in where we see a trend, we don't question it, and we tell everyone to be quiet and stop being divisive. That is the way everything, even incrementally, infinitesimally related to social justice, gets shut down. It's really disappointing because it's more proof that people are just people. They act the same way. Everyone acts the same way whenever they're called out about anything. Even me it gets defensive. Even me, I've been defensive. I've had my own like moments where I've been called out for saying problematic shit, too. And I also was like, damn, I just really want to get buck. Uh, uh, but no. And I was like, fuck, this is how people feel. This, this is what happens. So, yeah, I just I would ask for grace. I would ask for a little more thought. And I would ask for British actors to just be like, yeah, this is a great thing that's happening. And just ask questions about why you should come to another country and only work with each other and really ask yourself if you think all of the black people in this country suck. Like we have top theater schools here, too. And we have like there's black people in them. You know, if you're coming from that, it has to be from the education based part. Um, We have people that are like grew up in the theater And did the whole like apprenticeship. And we have our own acting traditions and acting schools in the United States. So I just um, yeah, it's just something to put a pin in. But the idea that there's no reason that black people would feel any kind of way is just like it's just crazy to me because it's pure patently obvious That we don't all just like get along honky dory and that the power dynamics skew towards the people in countries that are either all black or did not actually have slavery taking place there, like the UK, having better reception in the United States. So I just, yeah, that's all. I just had to say something. But yeah, it just pisses me off to see the conversation addressed without also the fact that she said messy. She said she said bad things like there's just other people that haven't said those things. So to continue the rant um, of just meandering. Sorry, working out some things I haven't figured out. Kanye West. You might have known he's on his bullshit train again talking about. um. Whew, Abortion is a tool that has been for like black people have been tricked into or brainwashed into being Democrats. What does everyone, you know, what, what, like, have they done for us? Food stamps. What have Republicans done for us? Like, is the idea that if, and I'm not really talking to Kanye because he's bipolar, I'm talking to all of Fox News, which is now playing segments of this long interview he did and and adopting his statements and like and spreading them and being excited about them. So then am I to understand that Republicans haven't done anything for black people because we don't vote for them? So like we have to vote for you for you to do the policies first, like because Republicans haven't done anything for black people either. So I'm just confused about how that works. I'm also confused because we have two major political parties in the United States. Dos. So you have to pick one. So, uh, we pick the one that is less racist or even racist in a different way, but in a less open way like I don't like what are what the hell what people say that and I see people black people online saying that too like what is the other choice that you are presenting I'm I'm confused um so there's so much to be said about Kanye's bullshit his self-hatred his uh deep insecurities about his blackness which is very sad to see and just should should be a symptom of you know America like it's his fault but it's also how sad is it that we you know how old is he like 42 that being born in the 70s could produce someone like that I think that's just a sad statement for our country but as for his new religious religious fixation his church services which the Duggars are attending the Duggars who like half of them are sexual predators like this evangelical thing these are not good people like these are weirdos and everything that he's doing it's just so frustrating because it makes Christianity look bad in my opinion I haven't heard him say anything about the parts of Christianity that involve helping other people and not being a narcissist and it's just strange that his Christianity his brand that he's pushing is now saying that Instagram is evil because it makes women put pictures up which tempt married men so he thinks Instagram is evil and addictive, but he doesn't think that women are the victims of this and that women who might be looking at each other, having terrible body images, getting surgery, going under the knife and dying, like any of these offshoots of that, that doesn't matter. It matters because it's tempting married men. Like if you're being tempted by someone who's not even in front of you that you would then have to DM, that you would then have to convince them to meet you somewhere across the country, like you're just doing too much. Okay. That is not you want real temptation. No, that's that is not real temptation. That's a picture of somebody who doesn't know you and you don't know. Shut up. Also, your wife is Kim Kardashian. So there's that. He was on the show telling her that she needs to, you know, her met her met gala dress was too sexy. And it was just like her dress was like barely. It was not sexy compared to anything else she wears. It's just tight. Like all her clothes are tight. And I just think it's so strange. I don't even know how much to say because I'm really uncomfortable watching someone be unmedicated. His speech patterns are so erratic. There's nothing normal about what he's saying. And But then it's like he talks about how he feels victimized because of his mental illness. He's victimized because no one around him is making him take his medication. Well, I guess you can't make someone take it, but it's just very... It's super awkward. It's super awkward. Everyone who goes crazy's first obsession is religion. What like that's what everyone on the train starts screaming you I, Bible verses at you. That's that told you guys about the dude that was like, what did he say? He was like Satan. Satan, get off my stop touching my butt, Satan. Like something really sexual is going on with Satan. I. It's just so weird. And then it gets so much press and then people analyze it. And, you know, we have Tucker Carlson saying, and he's right. You know, liberals are the bullies. Ugh. Like, fuck off. I don't I don't understand. I don't understand why you care if someone you don't agree with doesn't agree with you. You also don't agree with that. Shut up. So it's really weird. It's sad, but I just can't help but notice how the Christianity part is all about him suffering and being persecuted. I haven't seen him donate to a charity, his t-shirts and merch that he's selling on his little Kanye church things are like, we're going for like hundreds of dollars in poor countries like Jamaica. There's nothing about helping people. I I'm just like, as a metaphor, this Jesus thing is really falling flat. It's really falling flat. So Ah, uh, so it's just so bizarre. He asked people to not have premarital sex while they were working on his album. Like, just don't be don't be distracted. I just wanted y'all to just focus on this. Well, I don't know what kind of pay I don't know if it you know, I don't know if it was hourly, but you I you're damn sure not gonna tell me what the fuck to do when I get home from work, okay? Oh, it's so weird. And I continually realize that I'm out of touch with how. Popular, he still is because I just didn't. I listened to his singles. I never got into his albums. they just these weren't necessary for my life at the time. I'm I'm like that sometimes. I can you know respect someone's musical acumen, and at the same time just not you know be super moved by it. So I realize again I'm not a stan. I don't have to grapple with any feelings of fandom. But I wish he would be quiet. It's embarrassing. It's annoying, and it's just fuel to the fire. And it's offensive. It's very offensive to black people. So he also said we're cultureless. So there's that. So it's been an interesting week for people who are incompetent with technology. Uh, Rudy Giuliani butt dialed an NBC reporter and let the full you know, contents of his conversation or the pieces that could be heard, be heard. He was talking about how he needed to go get $100,000 from Bahrain. Oh, we need to go get, you know, we need money. We need to go to Turkey, blah, blah, blah. He was trashing the Bidens for a full three minutes. And he said things like, uh, you know, he did the same thing in China. He did it in Kazakhstan and Russia when he became vice president This is about Hunter Biden. The kid decided to go around the world and say, hire me because I'm Joe Biden's son. And most people wouldn't hire him because he had a drug problem. Again, like that's not illegal. It just sounds like the way lots of people get their jobs, unfortunately. So I still am unclear on what exactly the gripe is. You want to talk about not quid pro quo. Like, how about just nepotism is life? Like, that's what y'all do. Um... So he's a liar. I mean, that's nothing new. This is a man who commits crimes on a huge scale, but was willing to ruin lives over, you know, broken windows and shit. So a hearty fuck you to him. Let's get into our star fuck up. Kellyanne Conway, the oldest 52 year old in America. She recently... Called a young reporter and tried to intimidate her out of publishing a sentence referring to her husband, George. So, if you don't know, Kellyanne Conway, who is like, I don't know, Satan's little keeper, I don't know her actual position. Is it a real position? What does she do for Trump? Whatever. She's his mouthpiece. She's awful. And she is married to someone who hates Trump. It's very bizarre. He writes op-eds all the time. I don't know what goes on at home. But like many women, she called another woman and tried to make her weird marriage or weird relationship the other woman's problem. And by that, I mean, she tried to, like, come for her for publishing a sentence about a George. So the problem is Kelly did not realize that she had not asked for that part of the conversation to be off the record because she called back with some more bullshit. So the reporter, who was no dummy, just started recording it. So the the call is hilarious. Like, the, there's the full seven minutes is out there if you want to listen to it. Um, oh, Kellyanne is counselor to the president of the United States. Yeah, so when I said, I don't know what the fuck she does, I still don't. <laughs> um... Caitlin Yellick is at Washington Examiner. Uh, let's see. So where did Conway send? Hey Caitlin. It's Killian Conway. So I'm just wondering why in God's Earth you would need to mention anything about George Conway's tweets in an article that talks about me as possibly being chief of staff. Other than it looks like to me there's no original reporting here. You you just read Twitter and other people's stuff, which which is why I guess why you don't pick up the phone when people call from the White House. Because it's not on Twitter, it's not on cable TV, it's not real. Let's just pause. These people have their heads so far up their asses that the president who like tweets what kind of bowel movements he's having, like you work for this man and you're criticizing this woman about the state of journalism is spending too much time on Twitter. So she said, I'm just wondering why you would have A or what would ever give you the idea that I'm, quote, caught in the middle of some of these Twitter feeds and the president of the United States. Who would be able to tell you that except for me? We've never talked as far as I know. And Yillick is like, yeah, we have never talked. Um, I did cite the Bloomberg News article, and the reason I didn't pick up your call at the beginning is because it said it was from Egypt. In terms of mentioning George Conway, it's relevant context. Then she says, I know it just, it's just for clicks, but you're going to have to give me, like, a journalistic reason here, especially if you admit that you are repeating what another news source said. The president disputed that anyway, so— it's sort of like doubly embarrassing. There's no original reporting. If you're going to call yourself a reporter, let's see some reporting. There's no original reporting, and then it's just lazy. Respectfully, of course, it's lazy to talk about somebody's Twitter feed. Do you talk about people's spouses in your pieces? Because I've been looking around. I haven't learned a single thing from any of your pieces. And I'm just wondering if you routinely talk about people's spouses. Um, and then she's, she was so calm. The reporter was like, uh, yes, my editor requires us to put in context about people's families or spouses when it's relevant. Why is it relevant here? George's position is what? that he's against the president and the president has attacked him back. Like, so it's very strange. I wonder, I don't know how Kelly saw this as intimidating. Um, It's not intimidating when you call me and just make up delusions. How is it not an interesting fact that your husband is, is, is the president's sworn mortal enemy. I mean, her husband, you know how some people try to dance around, calling a spade a spade her husband is like he's a racist fat deplorable fat head like <laughs> he calls him names he's not the whole like i wish the president would have done stuff differently or we you know we need better like ethics and leadership he's like you fat shitty fat fat jerk you know so it's it's real in the gutter like george pulls the punches He's he comes swinging he's swinging so Let's let's get to the part where Kelly and pulls the whole women against women thing, which is how I know that she's the worst human being possible. If I ever in life hear another person invoke feminism in that shitty way again, I swear, it's just so infuriating. So she what does she say? She she just keeps going on and on. Oh, she says, let me tell you something as a woman. From a powerful woman. Don't pull the crap you were trying to undercut another woman based on who she's married to. He gets his power through me if you haven't noticed. Not the other way around. And I'd be happy to talk to your editor. I've known your editor since before you were born. I'm just trying to give you a chance to explain why you think what you wrote qualifies as breaking news or reporting. I just don't get it. Like for this to be in any way anything but like comedy gold, I would have to respect you Kellyanne Conway. So I don't know why she thinks criticizing this girl's writing is an effective tactic I mean the reporter just says I don't know that I have to explain that to you I mean she definitely sounds confused and taken aback and of course she does I don't think it's something that happens a lot and it's just a lot of paragraphs the bitch is spinning a lot of paragraphs it's just a crazy thing She's probably listening in the moment. She's wondering, is there going to be a part that's a real ask? Maybe I did cross over some, you know, is is she going to say she's going to sue me for libel or slander? I mean, she's probably waiting for the part that's actionable and actually makes sense, you know, but it never came. Kelly just said, why don't you? I need I'm waiting for you to explain to me why you think you're a good journalist. Ma'am, no one cares. And so then, uh, the, like, it's funny because the reporter is just like, well, would you like me to put on record how you feel? Like, are you offering? And she's like, no. And then she said, would you like to speak with my editor? who Who is your editor? Now, a few minutes before, she said, I know your editor. I've known him since you are born. Um she says, my editor is John Nicosi. I can pass you along to our managing editor, Toby. Oh, Toby, right. Good old Toby. <laughs> I am st- I was just trying to ask you, what is it that you do, you're doing as a breaking news reporter writing stories? You're still not telling me what compels you to characterize my feelings in your story having never talked to me. It's so weird. Um, and she also lambasts her for not writing that she could possibly be the first female chief of staff. We have to stop this. Some women are evil. You can be evil too. I'm not going to write you up if you're the first chief of staff or a fascist. It's just not going to happen for someone who who puts children in cages. There's no reason that you should think that some sort of invisible thread bond of womanhood is going to like, hey, women are women are doing it evil for themselves. Like, It's ridiculous. Anyway, I highly suggest listening to the full conversation. It's just entertaining. This is my favorite kind of thing. The cross section between, you know, hot mess and just messy things and politics and current events. It's great. It's great when it all comes together. You get to see what's going on behind the screen, which is people are having meltdowns, total meltdowns and butt dials all right y'all that's it for another episode of cake and kombucha enjoy your halloween be safe and if you meet any spirits that have been reconstituted from slime or anything like that just make sure not to walk through them and if you do some seltzer water will clean it right up okay ta-ta for now come back next week for more of cake and kombucha Cake and Kombucha is produced and hosted by actress, writer, and singer Kelechi Azia. It features music by the talented Melanie J.B. Charles. If you like what you hear, check out MelanieJBCharles.com.